Bonjour and a warm welcome to the Good Life France podcast. I'm Janine Marsh, your host, and I'm chatting to you from Northern France, Pas de Calais, where I've had a home for 20 years. I'm the editor of the Good Life France magazine and website. I've written four books about France and I travel all over France year round. In the next few weeks, I'll actually be in Monton, Menton, as us English say, a lovely, colourful town on the French Riviera, where I'll be going to a lemon festival. They make giant sculptures out of oranges and lemons. Then I'm off to the Gulf of Saint-Tropez to explore hilltop villages and beautiful seaside resorts. After that, I'll be going back to school, but not like any school I've ever been to before. One school is in Paris and the other is in a place called Isingo in Haute-Loire in the Rhône-Alpes region. And they are the locations for Chef Alain Ducasse's culinary and patisserie schools. A Chef Ducasse is one of the most influential chefs in the whole world. And he has 21 Michelin stars to his name, the most of any chef alive today. I'm hoping to pick up some tips and of course I'll be eating cakes. A lot, I hope. And then I'll be going to lovely Lyon, known as the capital of gastronomy in France. When I'm not traveling, writing, looking after my four dogs, seven cats and umpteen chickens and ducks, I love chatting to you on this podcast with my podcast partner, Olivier Geoffrey. Bonjour, coucou, hello, yes, I'm Oli, and guess what, I live in that lovely Lyon, Janine just mentioned nowadays. I moved here recently after 20 years of living in the UK. Which is why I may sound almost British to you, when in fact I am French. I'm still finding my way here as I've never lived in Lyon before. I'm from Vendée, near Nantes, in the Pays de la Loire region, that's the west of France. But I can tell you that it's true, this is a foodie heaven in Lyon. So many amazing restaurants, more than 16,000 of them, and 20 Michelin-starred restaurants, all in one city, just for me, and a bit for you as well. Incredible, I've only tried uh, a few restaurants so far. I have a big job ahead of me to try them all. You do, and I'll be trying quite a few when I'm there, including the famous gastronomic Paul Bocuse restaurant, and also a bouchon. Ah, les bouchons. The soul food restaurants of Lyon, these restaurants are unique to this city and serve traditional Lyonnaise cuisine, hearty and robust like sausages and coco vin. They've been a part of Lyon's history since the 16th century, when this city was a center of the silk industry and women chefs set up small inns, you know, to cook meals for the tired workers who needed warm and filling food after a hard day's work. Mm, I'm hungry already. We'd better move on. So let's get ready for today's topic. Janine, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, I love Paris, and I know you do too. And in fact, Paris is the world's most popular city for tourism. So us Paris lovers are a big tribe. And if you missed our Paris episodes, you can find them all on the podcast section of the goodlifefrance.com website. But today, we're going to escape the city's hustle and bustle. Join us as we discover historic, delicious, fascinating and enchanting destinations. You can reach from Paris by train on a day trip. And nowhere that we talk about is going to take longer than two hours by train. We'll share what to see and do, the must-sees, the secrets, and some fun facts and legends. Are you ready to explore? Let's go. The Good Life France podcast. Everything you want to know about France and more. With Janine Marsh and Olivier Geoffrey.
And since we're talking about Lyon already, let's carry on talking about it since that's a destination you can reach from Paris in less than uh, two hours, one hour and 56 minutes by fast train, TGV. You can take the train from three different stations, actually, Paris-Bercy, Paris-Austerlitz, and, of course, Paris-Gare de Lyon. But check the timetable carefully for the fast train, because slow trains take twice as long. I like to go to Lyon from Gare de Lyon. Well, actually, I like to go anywhere from Gare de Lyon, because then I can ogle the train bleu the poshest station buffet in the world. It's expensive, but it's a very Paris experience. Decorated in neo-baroque style, think Versailles, gold, glitz and glamour, gorgeous painted ceilings, chandeliers, soft banquettes. This is a great place to stop for breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a cheeky glass of something during the day. Like I say, it is expensive, but it is worth it for the experience. And fans of Mr. Bean, this is the restaurant where Bean dined at and emptied his oysters into a fellow diner's handbag. Do not do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like this route too, actually. Uh, Gare de Lyon in Paris to uh, Lyon Pardieu station is very easy. If you catch the 7.30 train in the morning, you'll be there before 9.30. And there are lots of trains back to Paris as well. The last one is at about 10 o'clock. There's tons to see in Lyon, and I would recommend lunch at a bouchon, of course. That's traditional. Visit the covered food market as well. Wonder the old town, and it's a trouble, the word for the narrow covered streets where the silk workers lived and worked as this uh, used to be a very famous center of silk production. And take the funicular railway to the top of the Fourvière Hill, where there is a beautiful basilica, which is built on top of a former Roman forum. And you can also visit the Roman remains, like the wonderfully preserved amphitheater, and enjoy stunning views over the city. You know what, Ollie? You're always saying that France is the most popular country in the world and beyond. That's <laughs> yes. my French Ollie accent, by the way. Yes, Ollie thinks, as do all sensible Frenchies, that if there is alien life out there, then they would love France more than anywhere else on Earth too. <laughs> but did you know that Leon has form when it comes to aliens? Yes, indeed. There is a legend that in the year 832, four Lyonnais were actually seen emerging from a UFO. Of course, everyone said, oh no, it's not aliens, it's uh, witchcraft. But uh, they didn't manage to persuade the right people that they were telling the truth. Lucky for them. Almost 800 years later, in 1621, a UFO was reported again in the skies above Lyon. And in 2015, the Raelian sect they believe in uh, extraterrestrial life, proposed to set up uh, Earth's first ever alien embassy in Lyon, in Place Belcourt, which is France's largest pedestrian square. That's because the aliens will know that the food of Lyon is out of this world. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I'll be sharing more about Lyon in the free-to-read magazine, The Good Life France, which you can find at magazine.thegoodlifefrance.com when I get back from my visit. But now let's go somewhere completely different. Let's head to the countryside of Normandy and the lovely little village of Giverny where Claude Monet lived. Just 45 minutes by train from Paris-Saint-Lazare station, which looks pretty much as it did when Monet painted it. And you arrive at Vernon-Giverny station. Now this is about three miles from Monet's house, but it's a flat path if you follow the route de Giverny, which follows the old railroad. Or you can take a taxi, which is about 20 euros, or the shuttle bus, which runs from spring to autumn when Monet's house and gardens are open, and that's about 10 euros return. 
Money actually saw his house from a train carriage as the old railway line used to run along the part of the garden that is now home to the lily ponds. Money moved there in 1883 with his second wife Alice and his two children and her four children. He became obsessed with the garden and with the water lilies that he grew in the pond and which inspired his famous water lilies series. Most people don't know that Monet actually had up to seven gardeners helping him. These days there are eight gardeners. Monet insisted that the gardeners polish the lily leaves to keep them perfect. I can just imagine that. They're in their little boats, you know, with their dusters polishing mm. the leaves. Yeah. He just loved roses. So they grew lots of roses, geraniums, daffodils, poppies, irises, flowers that had really rich colours because Monet developed cataracts and he saw colour better than detail. Colour was everything to him. Today, the gardeners stick to a list of plants that Monet grew. So when you wander into the garden, it's just like stepping into one of his paintings. It's really extraordinary, quite emotional, actually. Funny enough, his wife wasn't happy with the way he grew flowers. She wanted it to be a bit neater, the garden. And the house is wonderful as well. It feels like uh, he just left the room to go and cut some flowers. The rooms are bright colours like the garden, yellow, blue and green, pots and pans in the kitchen, Japanese prints that he loved on the wall alongside copies of his paintings. It's really beautiful, that house. And the colours are amazing. The village of Giverny is also well worth a visit. It's pretty much just one street long, quite a long street, but it doesn't really matter though because there's so much to see and do. So there are great places for lunch or you can stop for a snack, uh, especially the Hotel Bodhi, where lots of artists stayed and do not miss going out the back garden of the hotel because they're the most beautiful art studio. Looks just like it did when the artists stayed there, like uh, Renoir and Cezanne. And there's also a museum. There are cute shops, really lovely souvenirs, and a church where Monet is buried in the graveyard. Okay, let's head now to the enchanting medieval town of Provins, a UNESCO World Heritage Site just over an hour from Paris. This medieval gem offers a step back in time with its well-preserved walls and towers. Don't miss the Rose Garden and the Underground Tunnels, a hidden labyrinth under the city. Some of the buildings here go back 1,000 years. You know what surprised me most about Provence is just how big it is and also that people are living in the medieval buildings. It's really, it's quite extraordinary. And they host the biggest medieval festival uh, in France here. It takes place usually in June, just check uh, their website uh, just in case, for two days and there are hundreds and hundreds of people dressed in medieval costume with dances, music, games, jousting, street performance and a traditional medieval ball plus a parade. It's magnifique, really. But now let's talk castles because there are loads that you can visit from Paris in a day, including the dazzling Palace of Versailles. We've already done a whole episode on Versailles, so pop over to that to find out more. But that's a very easy day trip from the centre of Paris. Another castle you can visit really easily is the Chateau de Chantilly in Picardy, which neighbours Ile-de-France, where Paris is, not very far at all. In fact, from Gardenois, you can take a train to Chantilly, Jouvier Station, which takes just about 25 minutes. And then you can either walk to the Chateau, which is about 25 minutes as well. It takes you through a lovely town. Or you can take a bus from outside the station, or you can hire a bike at the station, or take a taxi, which takes about five minutes. If you do take the train from Gare du Nord, when you buy your ticket, ask for a pack TER, or TER in French, Domaine de Chantilly, which includes your train travel, 
and your ticket entry at a discounted price. And the castle is absolutely stunning and you can easily spend a whole day here. Oh, well, I could spend a lot longer actually, but a whole day, definitely. Many famous aristocrats have lived here and the rooms are decorated beautifully. And it's just so stunning and sumptuous. And it's filled with incredible artworks, including paintings by Botticelli, Van Tyck, Raphael. There are tapestries, furnishings, books, dazzlingly beautiful stained glass. And there are also the most magnificent stables, I think, in the whole world. Just really extraordinary and huge gardens. And there is a legend that Chantilly cream was invented here. Mm, I love Chantilly cream. Me too. In fact, I'm very proud to say that I am a squire of the knighthood of Chantilly cream whippers. I visited Chantilly last year when I was on a cruise with um, Quasi Europe in the Oise Valley in Picardy. And we had a knight of the whippers come to show us how to make Chantilly cream properly. And I demonstrated that I could do it. I say it was 10 long minutes of whipping. My arms were caning. But at the end of it, I was inducted into the Brotherhood as a squire, the lowest level. But I, I really am proud. I've got a certificate and everything on my wall. And here's a top tip that I learned. When you whip the cream, the icing sugar and the vanilla together to make Chantilly cream, do it in a metal bowl that you fill with ice cubes first and then shake it a lot to make it super cold. Then empty it, dry it and whip straight away in it. And the whippers call it a cool pool. <laughs> Is that right, Alec? Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, almost, yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> which roughly, and in its polite translation, means chicken's bum. Because they say that the ice cubes, you know, shaking the ice cubes like that is like chickens shaking their butts to get the eggs out. Mm, do chickens <laughs> shake their butts to get the eggs out? <laughs> Another chateau you can visit is in Fontainebleau. It is the lesser known cousin of Versailles, but not less regal. Explore its opulent halls, uh, lush gardens, and imagine the kings and queens who strolled here. And there's even a lake for boating, very chic. For our nature lovers, the forest of Fontainebleau awaits, and it's really nice and magnificent as well. This isn't just any forest. It's a former royal hunting ground with dramatic landscapes and endless hiking trails. It's a breath of fresh air and a favorite with Parisians looking for a nature escape. Up next, the Chateau of Vaux-le-Vicomte, a Baroque masterpiece that inspired Versailles, in fact. This castle is so stunning that it made a king jealous enough to destroy the owner. It was built by a man called Nicolas Fouquet, the finance minister of King Louis XIV, the Sun King. It took him 20 years to build. He employed the finest architects, garden designers and painters in the land. And just as it was almost finished... And at that point, the painters hadn't quite completed some of the frescoes. The stonemasons were still working on the statues that surround the castle. Well, Fouquet decided to have a party and invite the king. The king was so jealous of its beauty that he stormed out and days later had Fouquet arrested on what were likely false charges. And poor old Fouquet never even got to enjoy his new home, died in prison. And those statues were never finished. If you go and you see them, they're like all around the front of the statue of the castle. They're set into the fence and you can see that some bits are still in block form. They never finished carving them. The chateau was bought by the de Vogue family some 150 years ago and they have beautifully restored and preserved it. Alexandra de Vogue, the son of the Count and Countess who lived there, told me that when he was a little kid and the chateau was open to visitors, he had to run around hiding his toys behind the curtains. 
just imagine that. And, you know, they used to push the tenny behind the curtains so that it still looked like, you know, a castle for visiting. I just find that mad. It's extraordinary. And the chateau is where the TV series Versailles was filmed as the decor and furnishings are so authentic. And it also starred in the Bond film Moonraker. Wow. Now, craving a seaside escape, let's head to Deauville. Think of it as um, the Parisian Riviera. Chic, elegant, with a touch of glamour. Stroll along the promenade, enjoy the sandy beach, and if you're feeling lucky, there's even a casino. This is the town where Coco Chanel opened a shop in 1913, catering to the super-rich who flocked there even then. And it's where a famous film festival is held in autumn as well, and where you may bump into George Clooney, Angelina Jolie, or Matt Damon. They've all been there for the festival, and all this is just a two-hour train ride away. Fantastic. Right, for our next adventure, we're off to the medieval city of Chartres, famous for its stunning Gothic cathedral. But there's more. Discover the quaint streets, charming boutiques, and the peaceful Eure River. That's just two hours by train. And at around one hour and 50 minutes, still by TGV train from Gare de l'Est in Paris, the beautiful town of Strasbourg in Alsace is a fabulous day trip. Messes, including a magnificent Gothic cathedral, it's one of the most beautiful in France. Strasbourg has a fairy tale like town center, UNESCO listed Petite France district, and a network of canals which are perfect for a relaxing boat ride. There are heaps of museums, fabulous restaurants, and superb wine bars where you can indulge in a glass of local whistling or gewürztraminer before you catch the train back to Paris. And a year-round Christmas shop for a memorable souvenir, even if you're not there for the famous Christmas markets. Honestly, one day is not enough for this unmissable city. I totally agree. I love Strasbourg. It's gorgeous. Now, have you ever wondered where the kings of France were crowned? Just 45 minutes by train from Garde l'Est, again, lies Reims. That's how we English say it anyway. <laughs> really hard to say it properly in French. Ollie, could you please say it properly? Oh, it's very easy. It's Reims. <laughs> so not easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking to Reims. So <laughs> Reims is the capital of Champagne. From a station, you can walk to some of the best Champagne houses, uh, including Mum, which is about 15 minutes, uh, Charles de Casanova, which is about five minutes, and you can do a tour and tasting. On the outskirts of the town, a little bit further, is Rinat. That's another one that's hard to say. It's the favourite champagne of the French and the oldest champagne house in the whole world. But you do need to take a bus to get there because it's a bit too far to walk, I think. Take bus number three from the station, walk about five minutes from the Creer stop, uh, take total 20 minutes, well worth it. Really, really gorgeous place. There are also loads of little boutique champagne bars, including the fabulous Paul Couronne, where you can taste and buy affordable vintage champagnes from the family-run company. And this city of coronations, or the city of kings, as it's known in France, houses the great UNESCO-listed cathedral Notre-Dame de Reims, where French kings were crowned for a thousand years And also, we can't forget uh, about Compiègne, which is in Picardy, north of France, which, in history, it's where Jeanne d'Arc, Joan of Arc, was captured. Visit uh, the stunning palace, the historic forest, and if you're uh, a car enthusiast, there's an incredible car museum, a perfect mix of nature, history, and technology. Do you know, you can even do a day trip to Bordeaux from Paris by train. Now, the super-fast trains whiz you to Bordeaux in just two hours. 
Like from Bordeaux Saint-Jean station, hop on a tram to the city centre, takes just minutes, and you'll discover the wonderful UNESCO-listed architecture of the Pearl of Aquitaine, as the city is known. Don't miss a visit to the unique wine museum. Immerse yourself in art at the Bassin de Lumière, which is an art venue in the former World War II German submarine pens. It's so beautiful. It actually made me cry when I went because it was just emotional. It's really, really gorgeous. And then afterwards, splash about in the mirror dough water sculpture in front of the Bourse, the big stock exchange buildings along the river. Absolutely stunning. Soak up the ambiance of sunny Bordeaux with a glass of regional wine. There are ancient churches, plus the La Comédie, fabulous museums, foodie heaven, divine wine bars. And you can do it all in a day from Paris. Okay, last but not least, let's visit Dijon in Burgundy. I love the, the Burgundy region, it's great. If you love cities filled with beautiful historic buildings, if you love fantastic food and wonderful wines, and if you love museums, of course, galleries, sitting at uh, terraced cafes, watching the world go by as you sip a delicious local wine, impossibly a fabulous street market, great wine bars and a vibrant, friendly vibe, then add Dijon to your mercy list, definitely. This amazing city has all these things by the bucket load, including one of the best markets in France and much more. At just over an hour and a half from Paris-Gare de Lyon, Dijon train station is in the city center and uh, totally workable. And there you have it, a whirlwind tour of fantastic day trips from Paris, all within a couple of hours by train. If you enjoyed our adventure, don't forget to subscribe for more travel tales and tips at thegoodlifefrance.com, thegoodlifefrance.com. But now, it's time for our listeners' question. Got a question about France? Well, ask the experts. We reply to you in each episode. And we do it for free. In every episode of this podcast, we answer one of your questions and we don't mind what you ask us. So let's find out what today's question is, Janine. Today's question is from Irene Fenton of Liverpool, UK. And she asks, what is the Frenchest French food? That is a really good question, Irene. Ollie, you're French and you live in the capital of French gastronomy. Mm -hmm. What is the Frenchiest of French food? That's actually quite a hard question to answer. <laughs> uh, there's just so much that's very, very French, uh, for us at least. Uh, could be bœuf bourguignon, for instance, or an official national dish. Could be uh, cassoulet, maybe camembert cheese or brie. Mm -hmm. Comté or maroilles, maybe cocovin or croissant, even though they were not invented in France, but they are so French. But perhaps it's the humble baguette that is the Frenchest of foods. It's definitely a hard question, that one. But you know, I think I agree with you because you can never, ever get a baguette anywhere in the world that tastes like it does in France. I mean, like, you know, a proper artisan made one, not a supermarket baguette. You know, for me, it's not just the bread. It's the whole cultural experience of queuing at a boulangerie, picking a baguette that's bianqui, well-cooked or not so much, picking which type of baguette, you know, a skinny and long one or one that's a bit bigger. And then there's a the whole eating the crunchy end of the baguette on the way home. 
which is the law in France. So, <laughs> yes, I agree with Ollie. The humble baguette is one of the Frenchiest of French foods. Oh, yes. And now that I'm back in France, I'm making the most of having a proper <laughs> French bakery down the road. Be sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for that question, Irene. If you also have a question for us, feel free to send it to Janine at thegoodlifefrance.com or via our podcast newsletter. And if there is a topic you want to know more about, let us know. This is The Good Life France podcast. Oh là là, le podcast The Good Life France. Thank you so much. A massive merci beaucoup to everyone for listening to our podcast from 148 countries all around the world. That's uh, wow. And huge thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family as well. We're truly grateful when you do that. You've been listening to Janine March and myself, Olivier Geoffrey. You can find me at parischanson.fr. That is extraordinary, isn't it? 148 countries. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much. Well, you can find me and heaps of information about France, where to visit, culture, history, recipes, everything France at thegoodlifefrance.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast, my weekly newsletter about France, and our totally brilliant, totally free magazine at magazine thegoodlifefrance.com. But for now, it's au revoir from me. And goodbye from me. Speak to you soon. The Good Life France podcast Available on all podcast platforms On thegoodlifefrance.com And on parischanson.fr The most beautiful French songs of the 40s, 50s and 60s Only on Paris Chanson Available on your mobile, smart TV, computer and smart speaker 24-7 Visit parischanson.fr to find out more That's P-A-R-I-S-C-H-A-N-S-O-N dot F-R. Ah!